0: School's out for summer, some of you are excited about that, some of you are, are not, John can we bring up some white light, I can't hardly see up here, uh, I know I'm old but, there we go, let everybody see my, my, my I don't know what, I was going to say, I don't know why I was going with that Lindsay, I know it wasn't going to be good so I just stopped it. You know, you know you're getting smarter in life when you just, you're talking and all, you would be going through a sentence and you just stop mid-sentence because you know if you're going to continue on in the sentence, you'll get in trouble. But anyway, Exodus chapter 3, if you got your Bible, open up, Exodus chapter 3, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3, we're going to be in, also in Exodus chapter 4 because I didn't want to be in Exodus chapter 5. So Exodus chapter 3, as so we're going to start out, we're going to talk about a crazy, crazy guy named Moses. How many of you have seen? Um, I used to always watch it at Easter, because for some reason it was like Easter, and so CBS or whatever put on the Ten Commandments. How many of you have ever watched the Ten Commandments? Raise your hand. You own it? You're a nerd. That's bad, man. You own the Ten Commandments all like 12 hours of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. How long is the Ten Commandments, Meeker? Four hours long. It's two days. It's. You got it on VHS. It, it's, a long, it's a long movie, but um, I remember always watching that as a kid. I learned a lot about Moses from the Ten Commandments because it was on every Easter. And for some reason, I don't know why, like we got it kind of a tradition in my, in my family that we'd have Easter dinner with my grandparents, and then for some reason it was like the TV turned on by itself, <laughs> and the Ten Commandments Charlie was on. And it was it was bad man it was i think it was charlton charlton heston's in that he plays moses who's the guy that plays pharaoh's son with the bald head is that yule brennan or something like that i don't know anyway i always remember watching that movie we we're talking about moses tonight and and moses's situation and so on and so forth and we're going to start reading in, in exodus chapter three because let me kind of give you some 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 details here if y'all real real quick the story of Moses as quickly as possible to get through it so we don't hear till midnight. Are you ready? Okay, there was this guy named Joseph, and Joseph was a really great guy. And he went to Egypt, and he got into slavery, and he was a big guy, Got into jail, and it was really, really a bad, bad situation. And then he had these dreams, and this, this, this. I think it was a baker and the servant, or something like that, had a dream, and Pharaoh, and Pharaoh was like, "I don't know what the dream is." And they throw him in present, and Joseph said, "I know the dream comes up," and then Joseph says, "Hey, this is great. Seven years good, seven years bad. It's going to be great. It's going to be bad. You better prepare for it." Pharaoh goes, "Joseph, you're awesome. Guess what? Here's a ring. Here's the great things. You get to be like saying in command." Joseph like, "Sweet, cool, awesome." So he did it, and so then. The Israelites came, and, and and Isaac and Jacob and all these other people showed up. Isaac I think was already dead, but you know I'm going really fast, so just go with me here. And and shows up, and then all of a sudden Israel just keeps going bigger and, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the Pharaoh goes, hey, you know there's a lot of Israelites, and not a lot of Egyptians. You think they they, they, they they can kick our butt? Not good thing. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make them go to slavery. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. But first, when we do that, let's kill all the firstborn babies. So Moses' mother goes, oh, I love a baby. Baby's so wonderful. It's great. Get a reed basket. Put him in the basket. Put in the reeds. It floats around. Pharaoh's daughter going out. She's bathing. Ooh, bless 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 you know it's great smelling great oh look a baby let's adopt it because that makes perfect sense when you find a baby in a river adopt it and he goes oh i'll call him moses because moses he's drawing out of the water and it's so wonderful and moses grows up and he realizes hey guess what i'm not an egyptian i'm an israelite he sees this, this guy just beating up on this israelite he goes i don't like this because so he, he kills the egyptian and then he has to run away So he's working for this guy named Jethro, he's working as a shepherd, he's out in the fields, and then something happens that's very, very cool, he's out watching sheep, the sheep, and he watches the sheep go away, he goes to follow the sheep, and then there's a burning bush, (laughs) but the bush is burning, it's burning, it's burning, but it's not burning up. And so Moses, being the really inquisitive guy that he goes, he goes, huh, and he goes up to the bush. That's where we're at in the story. I need like a Red Bull or something like that to kind of keep me... Yeah, well, it probably didn't make a lot of sense. Go listen to the, the, um, the podcast. You'll probably be like, what in the world was he saying? Anyway, so that's where he's at. So God shows up to Moses in a burning bush. I love how God shows up in different ways for different people. Have you ever looked at how God shows up? Got a burning bush, but the bush doesn't burn away. Huh? Yes, you know, God sometimes sends angels or whatever, but anyway, he's got this burning bush and it's not burning up. So Moses walks up to the burning bush, and if this wasn't weird enough, Brittany, the burning bush begins to talk to him. <laughs> how many of you have seen that old movie, The Three Amigos? Remember, remember the part where they have the singing bush? Yes. That's how I've always imagined the burning bush. The, the, just kinda, the bush kind of just swaying and singing like she'll be coming around the mountain, you know? Why, I don't know. Just go with me. Anyway, so he comes up to Moses, and he says, Moses, 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 and this is what he says. Check this out. It says, God saw, it says, Moses said, what's going on here? I can't believe this. Amazing. He's talking about the burning bush. Why doesn't the bush burn up? God saw that he had stopped to look. God called to him from out of the bush. Moses, Moses. He says, yes, I'm right here. God said, don't come any closer. Remove your sandals from your feet. You're standing on holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, afraid to look at God. God said, I've taken a good long look at the affliction of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries for deliverance from their slave masters. I know all of their pain. And now I have come down to help them, pry them loose from the grip of Egypt, get them out of the country, and bring them to a good land with wide open spaces, a land lush with milk and honey. Um, the land of the Canaanites, the hegetites the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites—yeah, all the sites in the world. The Israelites cry for help. has come to me, and I've sent for myself. I've seen for myself how cruelly they're being treated by the Egyptians. It's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, uh, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. Here's the thing. Here's where we're going tonight. One thing I love about teenagers and one thing that I love about you specifically as a group of teenagers is I see inside of you some potential that you don't see. I see inside of you what can happen when a group of individuals gets to the place where they allow God to begin to do what he wants to do, where you set aside and say, God, whatever you got for me, I'm cool with that, and allow him to begin to work inside of you. I love how God looks at Moses and he says, Moses, buddy, it's time to go back. It's time to stop running from your destiny. It's time to stop watching sheep. And it's time for you to lead my people out of Israel or out of Egypt. Wrong thing. See, I shouldn't have talked so fast. Now my head's spinning. I want you to lead. And now check this out. This is what Moses begins to do. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing you've got to understand. In this teaching tonight, you are Moses. If you're a girl, you're Moses. Just go with it, okay? you got to understand this. You've got to understand that even though tonight we don't have a bush that is burning and not burning up, that God is still speaking the very same thing to you tonight as he did Moses. I believe that with all my heart. That God is looking at you and he's saying, I have a job for you. I have something for you to do. It is time for you to go back and begin to live your destiny out again. It's time for you to go back and begin to live the life that I've called you to live. To do the things that I have called you and have equipped you to do. So God is not just speaking to Moses three, 4,000 years ago. He's talking to us. Today. And this is what happens. He says all these things. He says, He says, I'm going to send you back to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. Now look at verse eleven. It says, Moses answered God, but why me? Here's what I was gonna be talking about tonight. Because here's the thing we do what Moses did a lot. God says, Jordan, I have something amazing for you. And guess what Jordan does? Jordan does what I do, does what Lindsay does, what John does, what Justin does, what Bobby does, what Joel does, what pretty much every single individual in this room except the most perfect, super-duper Christians do. We make excuses. We begin to say, God, why we can't. We begin to say, God, we begin to make excuses. And Moses is no different. I love that the Bible doesn't just include all the wonderful things that Moses did. I like that the Bible shows that Moses was scared. Because it adds some humanity to Moses. It shows us that even though he was one of the most unbelievable men of God that has ever walked this earth, he still made excuses for why he couldn't. Sounds familiar to me. And I like that. I like that I can sit there and understand that, that I'm not perfect. Moses wasn't perfect, but God uses anyway. So tonight what we're going to be talking about is this. God has come to you and he said, I'm going to use you to do something awesome. And just like he did with Moses, we start making excuses. And I like the fact that at this point, God doesn't just go. Moses is making excuses because I'm God. That's why. You remember that as a kid? Your mom or dad would say, you know... Um, Joel do this, and Joel would go, why? And they would go, uh, uh, because I'm your mother, that's why. He used to drive me crazy, like just give me a good answer. Make one up, it doesn't matter, but don't play me because I'm your parrot card, you know? God didn't do that. God could have said, because I'm God, and struck him down, or like turned him into a frog or something, you know? But he didn't do that. He actually hears his excuses and answers them. And I think that's so amazing. The first excuse that Moses gives, the first objection that Moses gives, the first thing he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, God, is this. The number one is in verse 11. Moses says, but God, why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children out of Israel? Moses sells himself short. Remember, think about this for a second. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta dig digging a little deeper in these situations. Who was Moses before he left to be a shepherd? Somebody answer that. Who? What? The son of the daughter of Pharaoh. Exactly. And as the son of the father of Pharaoh, whatever. What would he have been accustomed to? What? 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 what, what? The good life. He would understand something very important. He would understand how Pharaoh thought. How Pharaoh was taught. He would have known every in or out thing about how the court worked. He would know how to approach Pharaoh. He would know how to not approach Pharaoh. Because he'd seen it. And yet, with all this experience, that probably only one Jewish person had ever known up to that time, besides probably Joseph, He looks and he goes, God, why me? God probably was like, I don't know, dummy, because you understand things. Because you've been there. Guys, God uses our past experiences like this. Sometimes we'll sit there and we'll go, why am I going through this? Why does this have to happen? And God's going, because I'm going to use it later. I'm going to use it later. But Moses sells himself short. He goes, God, why me? I love God's answer. Check out God's answer. God answers it very simply, very easily. It's in verse number 12. It says, I'll be with you. That's all we need. Listen, you're not called, you're not asked to do things because you have this just unbelievable ability to make a difference. You have talents, you have unbelievably wonderful things about you, you have things that have happened to you that God wants to use, but bottom line, God is going to use you, and you're going to be used to your full potential because God is going to go with you. It's his power, not ours. It's his unbelievable grace and mercy and love that will radiate through you that will make the difference, not yours. Because quite honestly, yours ain't good enough. God's is with God's anything is possible with God's all things are possible God says listen you may say why me you may say I'm not good enough you may say I can't do this and God says don't worry I'm going right along with you one thing I've learned about God God never says Tori go I'll be over here no uh -uh. God says Tori come here give me your hand come on we're gonna go together and he gets up, Tori, and he walks with Tori, and I'm gonna, this is what we're going to do, okay? And I'm going to help you do this, and it's going to be great, and I'm going to use you in this, and I'm going to speak through you, and it's going to be wonderful. And, and 3,000 people are going to get saved, and, and you're going to be on TV and, 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 and have really big hair, and it's going to be wonderful, okay? God is not in the business, guys. I'm serious. I've lived this out of saying, go. I'll stay back here. God's in the business I will go with you. I will speak through you. I will be what you need to be. So that excuse doesn't hold water. Because you're right. By yourself, you can't do anything. But with God, the Bible tells us that we can do it all. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So we got to understand that. That was the first one. Why me? I don't know. Never done that before. Maybe, Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. But I know I have. The second one. Second one, we're going to jump. Jump into chapter 4. Moses' next objection. says Moses objected, they won't trust me. They won't listen to a word I say. They're going to say, God appeared to him? Basically, yeah, right. So God said, I love this, what's in your hand? He says, a staff. He said, throw it on the ground. He threw it. it It became a snake. And Moses jumped back fast. Listen to me. You got to understand something very important about men of God. There's, a, there's an easy way to know a man of God. You don't have to. I mean, I mean, it's very simple. Snakes are petrifying. I am a man. No, teasing. no, Moses. It scared him to death. Can you imagine that? We're out. We're out on a hike. You know, we're chilling, and 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 you got me one of those poles or something that people use. A walking stick. Whatever. Anyway, and they're walking down, you know, and, 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 and somebody says, hey, uh, hey, hey uh, Kendall. And Kendall's like, yeah. Hey, dude, bro, throw down your stick. <laughs> you know God was loving this. He knew what he was going to do, you know. And he knew Moses was probably scared to death of snakes, you know, or he would have made a scorpion or something, you know. So he drops the stick down, and the, the stick becomes a snake. And Moses is like, runs from the snake, which is what I would do. And then God has a real good sense of humor because next, he says, God says to Moses, reach out and grab it by its tail. How many of you know anything about snakes? Joel Mays, Mr. Snake Charmer, Mr. Snake Master of the Universe. What happens? Let's ask this. I'll ask you this in a second. How many of you have watched one of those snake shows on TV? And, you know... You know, the, the Crocodile Hunter or, or whatever these shows are, I always like how they decide that it's wise to aggravate the animal. You know, it's like, you know, I used to love the Crocodile Hunter. You know, he'd be like, yeah, this is great now. This is awesome. We've been poking this stick here at this snake for about three hours, and it's really agitated now. Now let's go mess with it. I want snakes happy. But anyway, so, I mean, you, you watch this shows. Joe. what happens when you grab a snake by its tail? Yes! this snake does not remain a wet noodle. This snake does this. snake tail here in my hand, you know, it goes zoop, and bites you. So God says, hey, I know you freaked out because you ran like a little sissy girl, which is not a shame because I would run like a little sissy girl from a snake too. He said... Pick up the snake by its tail. I don't know how long this took, but I guarantee you it was not like Moses was like, okay, cool, you know, no problem. <laughs> so finally he walks over and he picks up the snake by the tail and the snake turns into, back into a rod. That's the first thing. Keep reading. He says, reached out, grabbed it, and he was holding on to his staff again. And then, then this is what he says, that, that so they will trust that God appeared to you, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God then said, put your hand inside your shirt, yada, 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 okay. Here's the second objection. second objection is this. They won't trust me. They won't believe me. How many, have we, how many times have we done that? God says, listen, I want you to go pray for that person. I want you to go talk to that person about me. Oh, they won't believe me. They, 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 they'll think I'm crazy. Basically, Moses is saying they won't believe that you appear to me. They won't believe that you've called me. They won't believe that you have a plan to use me. So, So what's God's response? We started reading it. I got a little ahead of myself. We started reading it about the staff. And the next thing, God says, now put your hand in your shirt. He slipped his hand under his shirt and took it out. His hand had turned leprous like snow. He said, God said, put your hand back under your shirt. He did it. Then he took it back out as healthy as before. Now check this out. So if they don't trust you and aren't convinced by the first sign, the second sign should do it. But if it doesn't, if even after these two signs, they don't trust you and listen to your message, take some water out of the Nile and pour it on the dry land. The Nile water that you pour out will turn to blood when it hits the ground. God's response is quite simply this. He says, I will give you signs to prove who you are. Now, question. Maybe you are super duper Christian guy or gal, and God has said, you know, I want to use you or what that, and, and, and you had a rock and it turned into a lizard or something like that. And God said, See, I told you. But I would dare say, probably most of us have yet to have that happen. Anybody? Anybody? Meeker? You? Not yet? Not, not recently a steak, into Chuck a steak that turned into Chuck Norris well that's a miracle not a good one but a miracle so 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 what what does that mean today what does that mean for us what, what you know God says I'm going to give you these signs to prove who you are so that they'll believe you you know, here's the thing that's amazing. We like, to, we like to think about all the things that have happened. We like to think about, wow, what would it would be cool if I had a stick and it became a snake. Then people would believe me. We like to say how, wow, my hand would become leprous. And then I put my hand in and ta-da, no more leprosy. Oh, it would be cool to get a glass of water and, and out of the uh, uh, Rio Grande River and go take it to El Dorado High School and be like, this is because God loves you and he loves me and you're going to go to hell if you don't. Water from the Rio Grande. <laughs> Whoa! You know, that would be pretty cool. There's something you got to understand, though. The signs that God has done inside of you, when you were once dead and now are alive, is so much greater than any stinking sign that Moses did for that God did for Moses. Your sign that God has shown in you is taking something that was dead and making it alive, taking something that was lost and making it found. That, guys, is so much greater of a miracle than anything that God did for Moses. The fact that now Jesus lives inside of you, the fact that now Jesus is a part of your life, a part of your heart, is such an unbelievably wonderful, miraculous thing and we trivialize it and downplay it. When God goes, wait a minute, do you understand what I did? And the Bible tries to communicate that and tries to help you understand when it basically says that you, were, you are a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand spanking new. And how cool that is. And how amazing that is, guys! You are a walking testament of who Jesus is, and and who you've come from. Your excuse: they won't believe me, they won't trust me. You're not believing enough in your changed life that God has brought about by the cleansing of your son's blood and the cleansing of what God has done inside of you. There's your sign. That excuse doesn't hold water. Last one. Last excuse Moses gives. Chapter 4, verse 10. It says, Moses raised another objection to God. Master, please, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words, neither before you, neither before nor after you spoke to me. I love how he says that. He says, I can't talk, I stutter. And by the way, you've been here, you've shown up, and I still stutter, you know. <laughs> He's probably thinking, you could have handled this and you didn't, you know. He's like making that very clear to God that before I came, I stuttered. After I after you're here, I still stutter. Anytime you want to handle that, it would be great. <laughs> he says, Neither before nor after you spoke to me. I stutter and stammer. Guys, listen to me. Please understand this because you're gonna have to deal with this your whole life stinking life, and the quicker you understand, the quicker you come to grips with this, the better off that you're going to be. Are you ready for this life-changing, unbelievable, moving moment that you will never forget? I'm glad you're all seated. Because this is going to... Anna, it's almost hard for me to say. It really is. You are not perfect. I know when you look at an individual like Casey Garrison, that is hard to believe. But even Casey is not perfect. I have seen him. It happened one time. (laughs) Only once, mind you. He had one of those coins on his fingers, you know? And it was doing the little rolly thing. He dropped the coin. (laughs) Let that sink in for a second, folks. Casey Garrison, the coin fell. If Casey Garrison, if the coin falls on Casey Garrison, then you and I have no hope to being perfect. No hope of being perfect. None. You know what? That's okay. That is okay. God is not looking for perfect vessels. He's looking for willing vessels. And don't get hung up on the things that you don't do well. Because, I believe me, I see you. And you may not see this in yourself, but you need to. There is a lot more good about you than there is negative. I don't know. What? No, Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. You have so many gifts. You have so many talents. They may not be the ones that are necessarily always in the forefront. But you have them. And God wants to use them. Don't always focus in on the negative. Don't always focus in on what you can't do well. There's always going to be things in your life that you're not going to do well. That's okay. God made you this way. You're not always going to be able to tap dance, sing, and play the national anthem on a saxophone all at the same time. You may just be able to play the sax, and that's good. And God wants to use that. So check out God's response. Moses says, I don't talk well. There's something wrong with me. God said, I love this. God said, and who do you think made the human mouth? And who makes some mute, some deaf, some sighted, some blind? Isn't it I, God? So get going. I'll be right there with you, with your mouth. God looks at him and he says, look, you, even have, you have great things, but I made your mouth. You're looking at that as a negative, but I will even use the things you're not good at because I'm big enough to handle it. How cool is that? God not only wants to use the things that you're good at, God is powerful and awesome enough to use the things that you're not so good at. Whoa, that's cool. Because God is bigger than that. God's going, dude, Gabe, yeah, you might be good at that, but then that's great. I'm going to use that, but this thing you're not so good at. I'm going to use that too because I'm God and because I can. So there. That's awesome. So God looks at it and he goes, look, even the things you look at is negative. Even the things that you say you can't do. Through me, you can do them. Unbelievable. Our three excuses. There three excuses Moses gives, and God just shoots them all down. You know the thing I've learned about God? If you going to have an argument with God, be prepared to lose. God is very good at debating. And Moses is giving all these excuses why he can't. And, Mo- and God says, yes, you can, yes, you will. Listen to how he ends it. He says, I'll be right there with you. I'll be right there to teach you what to say. And even though even although this stuff takes place, Moses still in verse number 14 says, God he says, says, or 13 says, oh, he says, Oh Master, please send somebody else. God got angry with Moses. He says, Don't you have a brother? He's good with words. I know he is. He'll speak very well. In fact, at this very moment, he's on his way to meet you. When he sees you, you're gonna be glad. You'll speak to him and I'll tell him what to say. I'll be right there with you as you speak and with him as he speaks, teaching you step by step. He will speak to the people for you. He'll act as your mouth. But you'll decide what comes out. Now take the staff in your hand. You'll use it to to do the signs. And then in verse 18, Moses went back to Jethro, his father, and said, I need to return to my relatives in Egypt. I want to see if they're still alive. Look at verse 19. It says, God uh, said to Moses, Go, return to Egypt. Guys, listen to me. God has something so incredibly awesome prepared for you. Look, if God can use me, if God can use a rock, it's in the Bible. If God can use a donkey, it's in the Bible. God can use a staff and a snake, a tree and, and a fig leaf or a fig branch or whatever. And use it to make a difference in people's lives. How much more do you think God can use you if you'll just let him? If we'll stop making excuses and just get to the point where we say, okay, God. I mean, we waste more time making excuses. If we just got to the place where we just said, okay, and just went and did it. By the time we were done making excuses, we'd be done doing what God wanted us to do. But we got to, God this, God that. Listen, God is not going to call you and not equip you for what he has for you to do. And he's going to be right there with you, just like he was for Moses. So you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be worried. You don't need to make excuses. You just need to obey and go. Because God's going to be right there with you. But it's nice to know that that no matter what happens, that God's going to be there. He's going to be a part of what's going on. He's not going to just say, go, and I'll stay back here. But he's going to be a part of what he has for you to do. I think that's so awesome. I think it's so cool that God does that. Because he loves us so much. And because he has such an unbelievable plan for every single one of us. Each and and every single one of us, God has something set apart very, very special. And I love that God desires that and that God has that for us. Because it's unbelievable.